Hello, everybody, and happy Monday. Welcome to this edition of the Racing Insiders podcast. I am Kate Dillon from Crate Insider, and I am here today with Steve Hendren from Hendren Racing Engines. Like always. Yeah. It's becoming like boring and repetitive. What is <laughs> What, my intro? No, that I'm just here all the time. <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> well, you're not here all the time. You got your own place. So, so that part's... Uh... That part. No, but here all the time on the show is what I'm. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you want to do your own intro next time? Might have to. You might have to speak up. Is what you might have to do. Oh, there's that. Okay, I'm gonna get us headphones so we can use the real microphones. Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Look like a total dork then. Well, (laughs) do you think Joe Rogan looks like a dork? No, 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 no. No, I think he can rock the head. I think you could rock the headphones. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. And then you would understand what it sounds a little echoey on the yeah. podcast portion. So. Gotcha. So there's that. And uh, yeah, so sorry we missed last week. I wasn't feeling very well. And uh, so I skipped everything on Monday of last week. And but hey, we're back. I was ready to go. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here going, hey, let's do this shit. And you're like, oh, man, my head hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I didn't have any of this equipment set up, so it could. Well, not. well would you have? Would did you want to do a solo show? No, God no. <laughs> no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even know what the freaking hell to talk about. So yeah, well, <laughs> I think I think the you know not that you can't operate a computer, but I think you would have been a bit stymied with Probably. with all of the cords and things. Yeah. Unless you could just push a button and say go, <laughs> Kate. <laughs> I'm, I'm people's personal Google sometimes. So. Well, I, can, I can like, I don't know. I can like talk for hours about shit. I know half ass things about, but like stuff I know about is like a little bit more difficult just because, you know what I mean? Oh, I a hundred percent know exactly what you mean. It, you know, I think that's always been my greatest advantage with running crate insider is coming in with a zero base of knowledge. I mean, obviously right. I've learned a yeah, lot, right. but you know, I have a lot more empathy for, for guys who are just getting started in racing or from moving divisions because it's back to basics. I mean, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not where you go to get oh, no. the oh. next level of information, but for some basics, I, right. I can help some guys out for sure. And and I can ask those simple questions. I mean, it takes me back to, uh, I remember asking you one time that, you know, why is it that none of these race car parts come with instructions? <laughs> That's right. And your answer was, well, because everybody knows how to do that. And I'm like, well, I don't know how to do that. So therefore, no, not everybody knows how to do right. this. Yeah, which is not anything I ever thought about. Yeah. Until you said that. I was like, oh, okay, that kind of makes sense. Right. Yeah. I mean, because there's, it can even be simple things. Like, let's just say like wire separators. Which is why we're or, here. Which is exactly exactly why to, we started doing answer, videos yeah, and why we're here to answer questions. Like that, so. uh, because this stuff doesn't come with instructions. Yeah. I didn't realize that. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Just automatically assumed everybody knew. So, well, I mean, and I'm, I'm not making light of it. I'm just, it's just, you know, right. When well, you grow up with it and like I have all my life and, and both on the engine side of things and the racing side of things, I just automatically knew that if you're racing, you kind of know your everything. <laughs> so. Well, exactly. Yeah. And if you haven't had that advantage, you know, and it's interesting, like going to the race logic schools and, I mean, there can be some some pretty basic information that is brand new to people who have even been racing for 20 years. Oh, yeah. You know, um, I think there's some of that suspension stuff. I'm trying to think of like um, anti-dive and uh, I mean, there's there's some of that that seems a little more um, complicated, but it's not necessarily common. I just like the shock technology and stuff like that is like where things are at today, honestly. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, you're going to like a huge part of it. Zero to. 50,000. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. So I'm sure we probably have some folks here. Let's say hi. Um, let's see. So Scott's here. He says, hi from, no, we didn't create the storms, California. <laughs> now they have snow. I feel like this is a running story. It's of like a running joke. It's craziness. Unbelievable. Oh, oh, and Scott said he's glad to see my our checkered flag background back. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's because we took I took it down to bring it to the cars racing show, and then it sat in the crate in this room for two months because right. it's it's not the easiest thing to set up no. and it's not straight and 
I don't know what we did to break it, but it is, it's here. All right. Jason Alexander is here checking in. Uh, hey. Gary's here from uh, rent a race car. He rents race cars up there. That's mm -hmm. pretty cool. Nice. JD is here. Oh, and Jen is here. Speaking of oh, California, yep. good There's friend of yours. My little sister. Yeah. Yeah. You're well, basically your little sister Central. from yeah. California. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Crazy cat woman. Yeah, well, by the way. <laughs> I know that's what you like to call her there. <laughs> oh, and Tom's here from California as hey, well. Tom. Absolutely. So thank you. Uh, thank you all for joining us. We got a pile of questions uh, that we were submitted, especially with well, being off we for a week. last week. Yeah. Yeah. We just put a call out there for, for questions. And now you can uh, you can answer questions. Actually, Jen says first, uh, be nice. Well, I'm always nice. Are you? I am. Are you? I'm totally always nice. Yeah, I think you need to speak louder so everyone can hear you. I did legit make her eat mud, though, when she was a kid. There's no part that surprises me. Because <laughs> we grew up, like, right next door to each other. So. Yes. <laughs> yes, and, and and she idolized you. I think. I, I think I also, like, broke her finger. I was responsible for, like, breaking her. Was it her finger? I think it was her finger she broke. Well, and then also, didn't she have, like, a pretty Easter dress or something, and you got her well, that dirty? Well, that was part of the mud thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Like pretty dress. And mm -hmm. Yeah. There, there's stories. I'm just saying. So many stories. stories. Ran um, off a boyfriend or two, maybe. Yeah. That kind of thing. All right. So we see we've got uh, Terry's here from Princeton, West Virginia. And Gary says, um, I'm retired from the car, from the rental business. It's oh, not okay. rent a race car anymore. Started a new venture called Yellow Ink Racing and Fab. Nice. That's pretty cool. And Jen is laughing at you for, <laughs> <laughs> for your mud pie incident. <laughs> All right, well, let's jump into some questions. Unless you have any updates, I guess. What are you drinking, Steve? Oh, uh, just basic ultra. ultra. Yep. I'm drinking lemonade. That's what I do. I'm drinking lemonade, and I'm gonna keep it far away from Steve so he doesn't pour vodka in it. <laughs> that was at one of our shows. It's been known to happen on this show. It's happened. <laughs> True. <laughs> Here, let me have me have that, and let's see what we can do. <laughs> so let's see. Um, uh, I mean, the only thing I got like right now is like. Um, and this is affecting everybody at the moment. Like for 602 engines, there's like a nationwide shortage of 602 piston rings. Mm. So uh, getting a 602 <laughs> rebuild or freshen right now is not the easiest thing to have happen. And, you know, speaking with the dealers I deal with, uh, there is no uh, projected date of release of new rings. So... If y'all waited to the last second, you're kind of SOL on uh, getting like a 602 freshen up. Yeah. Wow. I think I think probably a lot of what it is is they've been throwing so much into production of like new ones, and the whole you know rebuild market is like suffering as far as that goes with 602 stuff. Oh well, because they got such a long backlog of when the when as far as full engines, and then they're oh, just yeah. missing different pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my update on that on GM stuff is I got oh, either it must have been either Friday late or sometime over the weekend. Uh, they it, almost monthly re we received the new map pricing. So the minimum advertised price. And I can, you know, every single time it's a big deal. If you sell GM stuff, if you don't update your website, like mm -hmm. it's, it's a big deal. So uh, it's one of those like when I see that email come through. I drop everything and make it happen because yep. it's usually retroactive. It's like, you know, Hey, these are current prices as of March 1st, but you didn't actually get it. The email until yep. like the fifth. <laughs> so it's a drop everything and do it. And I can say, I didn't have to change any of the pricing. Yeah. So well, that's, and that's, a positive. That's, like, that's a first in a while. <laughs> well, no, I didn't have to change it last month either. And, right. but I always, always, always have to do a search for each and every one of the GM parts that I sell and make sure that my prices and, and, are current. And here is a tip, by the way, for anybody listening uh, or watching or whatever. Um, like if you are interested in like a new engine of some sort, um, call a dealership or call a dealer and ask them for the price rather than read the online price and assume that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's true. That's the minimum advertised price. Yeah, so you cannot advertise for any less than that. And, and I mean, an example of that is, is we've all seen it, whether we knew it or not, but it doesn't matter. For instance, any Apple things, you know, if you're buying an iPhone right. or an iPod or, or iPad, or I guess there's no iPods anymore, but uh, if you're buying any of those, it doesn't matter if you're looking at, 
Amazon, Walmart, Best Buy, Apple.com, Apple Store, all of those will have exactly the same price. Sometimes in these cases, no, 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 exactly the same, exactly the same. The only difference is, is if there's a Black Friday deal, it may be that they might include like an iTunes gift card or something. I mean, I I think they let them do some Black Friday stuff because Black Friday, I picked up um, some iPads for like $120 off or something. So, but yeah, anyway, we've all seen minimum advertising pricing, whether we knew it or not. And yeah, that's, I guess that's most of my updates. Oh, I guess uh, another update. If you're looking for uh, dirt lay model wheels, uh, my wheels, my pallet of wheels came in. (laughs) (laughs) We barely got it up on the website today and a whole bunch of them are gone, but uh, we do have some wheels. Uh, We also have some headers and which is looking for profile headers. The Kaisers. Yeah. 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 Now have you um, taken them apart and done the different pieces and stuff? Uh, I believe my uh, brother has, yeah. Yeah. I just didn't know if you wanted to talk about that at I, all. or I have no firsthand experience. So okay. I don't want to talk about anything. I don't have any firsthand experience. But... Yeah. Yeah. I, me neither. <laughs> I haven't ripped one apart. Sounds like it's a fun project. All righty. We got uh, some questions here. We t- Tonight we're actually broadcasting on the Crate Insider Facebook page, mm-hmm. the Hendron Racing Engines Facebook page, yep. And the Crate Insider YouTube channel. Yeah, because, like, I think we're getting, like, I don't know, like, shadow banned or some shit on some of this stuff with Facebook. So Facebook is tough. A, it's been a deal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people just aren't seeing it. We're trying to put the event out there and yeah. trying to show up consistently. Like, I don't even time. get notifications. Yeah. I mean, I got the notification from YouTube, but... I actually sign into my YouTube. I didn't sign. I didn't have an account, yeah. a YouTube account for a long, long time. But after I started having channels. So if you enjoyed the show, tell people about it. Yeah. Yeah. Please do. Please do. And we've got some folks here with some uh, questions. And yeah. so we'll, we've got, we'll take care of the live questions first. And then yeah, we've got some yeah. other ones that are, you know, from the top there. Sounds good. All right. So, and you, and you oh, do, you do replay this show on iTunes. Yes, yes. So there's yeah. that. So if you like listening, if you like going down the road listening to podcasts, then yep. we purposely do this show generally, you know, we're watching it. You can watch it on video, mm-hmm. but we normally don't do much that's, you know, demonstrating much of anything. No. So if you just want to hear so most the of show. listening, yeah. Yeah. Watching me drinking beer and you every now and again drinking some sort of liquor drink. Yeah, every once in a while. It's it's yeah. not very often. Yeah. <laughs> other things to do all right let's jump in some questions i see matt brown is here he says daytona 115w40 tell me your opinion are on why or why not to use it uh i would use it 100 um so to me that daytona 115 is basically equal to the clots 1040 mm-hmm. that i recommended for so long mm-hmm. um <clears throat> i think they're both freaking amazing oils um so yeah i would have no problem using that at all I mean, we we use it. My son's six hundred four uh, when he's running six hundred four stuff and things of that sort. So, yeah, I mean, it's freaking awesome ass oil. Um, that being said, uh, the five forty is the Mac Daddy of all oils that I've ever tested in my entire life. So, that that shit there is amazing. Um, you can probably go like a few more races between oil changes not probably I, I know you can uh, with the 540 so like the overall price justifies itself by the amount of races you can actually go with it mm-hmm. but yeah that that 1540 dude it's it's badass shit yeah cool yeah. and well can i go back absolutely uh, and with the daytona one oil um i personally know the owner of the company and with that daytona one like oil specs are so broad in spectrum it's ridiculous so you can have a you can actually have like a let's say a 1540 that it you know i don't know 100 degrees is a 1540 but at 250 to 300 degrees it could be like a like a 1020 you know what i mean but it's still called a 1540 so, like with the Daytona one stuff, is a 1540 throughout that spectrum up to I think I think it's like 300 degrees. 
Oh, it's really what's happening at yeah. 300 degrees it's, because which is what we're concerned about because on crate engines <clears throat> you're running 300 degree oil temperature all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, so if it's a true 1540 or a true 540, the five is the essentially the cold pour weight. The 40 is what it is at temperature. So the Daytona one stuff I know for a fact is at 300 degrees, it's still a 40 weight. Well, and a lot of times at those higher temperatures, that's where a lot of oils will break down. Like yep. they're perfectly great. And, you know, and, up until you've got like up to like boiling point, basically Correct. up to a couple hundred degrees, but anything more than that. And you start getting separation of the additive packages from the oil itself and just breaks down. Well, yeah, that again, like the national standard, I mean, honestly, it'd be interesting to have Buck on the show at some point. I mean, I know he's got videos on it and you probably got videos with him talking about this. We do. But yeah. like, um, it'd be interesting to like explain to everybody exactly how that works because the national standard, which was set up in what 1920 or some shit like that. Oh, it's that. like an 1800s machine. <laughs> it's like, 18, like what? 1800s. In, in fact, what... there's a really good article, or at least there was. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. going back a few years, but there was a really interesting article on VP's website, right. the VP Fuels, yeah. on their website, talking about how oil viscosity is determined. Yes. And and it's fascinating, but the but what what we learned from Buck, which took me to the next level was that if you had a a, a 12, uh, you can call it a 10 or you can call it a 15. Right. It's not on the dot. Exactly. Yeah. And then that, and that amount of difference can make a big difference. So the thing I know about Buck stuff is, or Daytona 1 stuff is it's on the dot. Yeah. There's no fudging in either direction. Well, and of course, before any of, and before any performance items end up in the Crate Insider store, they go through Steve and Mike. Yeah, we um, test everything. Yeah, if it's if it's shiny objects, I'll buy what I want. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and you know, and I'm I do. <laughs> no, but if it, if it's just some basic stuff, if it's basic, like you know, let's say it's some plumbing fittings that people have asked for, or uh, or or fun quirky things like Bromex well, pit bikes, I'll buy those. Well, but, I, I mean, the first time I met Buck. Um, you know, I'm like sitting there going, oh yeah, here's an oil additive and it'll do this, this, and this. I'm like, ah, fucking snake oil salesman. Another one. Another one. And came to my shop, brought his product, took my own race car. That was when I was racing myself. Took my own race car, put it on the chassis dyno. He's like, you pour this shit in here, it's going to do this, this, and this. We poured it in there. We gained power. It did that, that, and that. <laughs> so... Then we're like, oh, what if we put it in the rear end? Put it in the rear end, gain a little bit more power. Put it in the transmission, gain a little bit more power. So, like, everything that dude sells is 100% legit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it absolutely is. All right, on to the next question. Mm -hmm. So, Cameron asks, curious to why Hendren wasn't on the UMP crate builders list. Why isn't your name on there, Steve? Um, Primarily because... I don't believe in the UMP builders list. No, but the other second thing is, is because you're not in the area. We're not in UMP country. We're, we, we're in North Carolina and the 11, it was either 11 or 13 builders were all in the upper Northeast where the racing actually is. Well, I mean, we talked to Don Blackshear about it. We stood in your shop and talked to him about I've it. I've got an issue with the UMP builders list. Um, so number, well, do we want to go there here? I could really go into this, but um, so the UMP, the UMP stuff in certain tracks, they're allowing UMP or dirt car seals and they're allowing Crate USA seals. And I've got no problem with allowing Crate USA. I mean, that's 95% of my business, Crate USA, but they banned the rush seals. Oh, really? Yes. So now they're out at Kankakee. Speedway, and wherever the hell that's at. I mean, I've seen races there. That makes no and, sense. Well, exactly. But, that's freaking drama and politics. Who doesn't like Vicky? But, well, I'll give you two guesses. But anyways, they're out there damn certifying engines for $350 an engine. Oh. To stick a borescope down it, pump it, do all that stuff. Oh, let me guess. Are they going to put them on the engine dyno and see if they're within no, range? No, that's fucking American Because that's another stupid way of <laughs> testing these. Okay. But anyway, so now they're doing this bullshit. 
right? Another way for the series or whoever to collect a bunch of fucking money for doing nothing. So I've got an issue with this. And I think the UMP builders list is a fucking joke. Well, I mean, okay. So, I mean, to back up just a little bit, because I know why it was put into place is because it was, it was the wild, wild west. And if you wanted to find the most, oh, cheated, wild west, yeah. if you wanted to find the most cheated up engines in the country, all you had to do was go to look at, look yeah. at UMP look at stuff, Dirk, look right? At Dirk Park, yeah. Right. Well, and so to dial that in, you know, that was the goal was to dial it in. Well, I mean, just just look at your approved engine builders list for crate racing USA. Great and fine. But here you yeah, go. But you got to enforce it. I've got dudes who I know, including myself, who are rebuilders for crate racing USA and Rush. Yeah. So why you're going to ban the Rush seals? Because there's a bunch of political bullshit going up on up in the Northeast and certain other people trying to interject into that deal well, I mean, because they're mad at somebody. Well, and that's always really <laughs> comes down to is, is just a, I mean, sorry, it's like a dick measuring contest. I can't think no, of just, another I'm reason why. Thing. Well, the problem is, is that the, the parameters for, for rush seals are exactly the same as crate racing USA, right? Correct. And I mean, it, like, like literally correct. Exact. And now you've got another series that announces like a week ago, that American Crate All-Star thing that next year in 2024, Crate Racing USA seals are going to be illegal, but Rush seals are legal. But neither series allows Crate allows the American Crate All-Star seals for reasons. Well, I mean, are there? I didn't know that. I didn't know, Joe, that, oh, it, that turn, Joe had seals. Oh, let's turn in a total clusterfuck. I mean, come on, guys. This is, I mean... Here's what's great about seals and what we need to understand on the East Coast. I mean, talk about shooting yourself in the damn foot. Well, no, no, but here's here's <laughs> the part. You know, let, let's just dial it back for just a moment. I, I really don't even have a horse in this race. Right. But we need to be grateful for the fact that we have seals on the East Coast. Because we cross over the Mississippi River and... You yeah. are in a whole different world over Ch there. YMCA crap. Well, I mean, I know how you feel about it. I'm not trying to piss anybody off here. But here's the part that's good about this. Is if you have seals, it means that you can tear down an engine, find out what's really in it, and put it back together and reseal it. Correct. When we take seals away, guess what? You can't do that anymore. Right. Well, because if you, I mean, if you can take it apart, but you can never put it back together... Right. I mean, this is Humpty Dumpty, Humpty, Humpty Dumpty stuff. Right. So, I mean, come on. This well, is a bit the, ridiculous. The irony of this entire situation is dirt car seals are not legal in Rush and they're not legal in Crate USA. And they never will be. Well, yeah, Period. there's there's some reasons there. Period. Mm -hmm. Well, because all the cheating was going on. So that's not a thing. Mm -hmm. So Adam at Crate USA, he's never going to allow it a uh, dirt car seal. Vicky at Rush, she's never going to allow a dirt car seal. Mm -hmm. But dirt car is now going to allow Crate USA seals, but not Rush seals. And why do we think that is? Well, it's nothing but political so, at that point. Read between the fucking lines there. But yeah. Well, yeah, it's I'm, not happy. I'm not happy with this. It's not cool. And it's not great for <laughs> racing. It's not great for the fan. You know, I, I don't know why we can continue to forget that there are fans and that's what we're doing it right. for. But, uh, yeah. Well, I mean... We got another series that announces that they're going to ban Crate USA seals in 2024. Right? Oh, okay. So they're going to partner with the Mideast thing here. Okay. On the seals, right? But in doing so, in the in freaking Mideast deal, the American Crate All-Star Series, their freaking seals are banned this year. So it's all it's all a power play money funneling deal that's going on right now. So, I mean, I understand I, I'm, I'm pissed for, off for position, you know, and the really sad thing is when I started creating insider that one of my real goals was that the rules were pretty close. Um, at least up and down the East coast, the, the rules right. were, were pretty close uh, with just a couple of exceptions. And, uh, you know, one of my goals was, you know, Hey, maybe this is a good way to, 
try to, you know, put all of this out there. Like we, we publish rules or right. we link to the rules of all of these different series right on our website. Yeah. And that maybe by, by kind of putting it out on the table that we could find ourselves in a, you know, in, in some common ground, mm -hmm. but it's crazy. You know, we're coming up on the nine year anniversary of Crate Insider started in 2014. Yep. So coming up on nine years and here we are nearly nine years later, <coughs> already nine years later, uh, I was working on it, you know, nine years ago and we're farther apart than what we were well, then. Here, here's one thing that will never happen. Uh, or here's one thing that, yeah, probably will never happen. I'll never not do rush and I'll never not do crate racing USA. Right. Uh, as far as all the other seals go to me, they're all bogus because of some of the engine builders that they allow in their series. Mm -hmm. so that's the two series I stick with. Yeah. So my advice is if you want to go race a race in one of those series, uh, don't go. Well, I mean, I think a lot <laughs> of it depends on where you live too. Well, you know, what, what tracks are available? You're stuck you. in some places, but I mean, don't come to me for one of those weird ass seals. I know, I know where the legitimate, racing series are and it's going to be crate racing usa and it's going to be rush mm -hmm. those are the two legitimate ones where if you actually cheat something up if you fuck up as a damn engine builder and you screw something up you're out for life yeah all these other series have allowed people to pay their way back in and to hell with them yeah i got no use for any of those series you, you gotta, you gotta stand strong with the rules for sure. Sorry to get so mad, by the way, but that's just a touchy freaking subject for me. I had no idea. Yeah, I mean, I did had no idea well, all of this. No, was going no, I mean, on. I don't think anybody did. But it's, yeah, it's a total shit show. It's a joke. It's nothing but a freaking attempted power money grab. Yeah, and that's basically what it is. Yeah. Well, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Okay. See, every now and again, it gets spicy on here. It is spicy. <laughs> spicy with Steve. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I need to, like, have a new frame or something as a spicy Steve. <laughs> See, that's where I could have used the Steve cam. I love the Steve cam. Or some flaming hot Cheetos or something. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Actually, um, it, it does remind me. One of my favorite YouTubers is Maverick of Wall Street. And... Just give it a try. Go check out Maverick of Wall Street on YouTube. Pretty sporty. Well, the funny thing is, he's got this—he's got this dry humor. He's talking about stock market stuff, but he will interject. He's interjecting gifts the in like all the way through it. And when you mentioned the fire, there's one where there's like Elmo, <laughs> and there's like fire behind Elmo. You know, like Elmo's like flailing his arms, and nice. um, especially when. When, uh, Maverick, Next topic. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't even know the guy's name, but you know, it's it's just fun to see this. So I might need, need one of those. All right. Would you like to read the next question? You can. Okay. Yeah. All right. Matt says, and about how many races should you get out of like the fifteen forty oil before you're changing your oil? Oh gosh, man. Um, five or six. Okay. Easily. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't. I mean, six would be a good number, honestly. Um, I mean, obviously it has a lot to do with how much contamination you have and how much, you know, dirt you're breathing in the engine, which ideally you don't want to breathe, breathe any in there. Um, but yeah, probably six easy. Cool. So like if I'm on a semi-synthetic or a, or a dinosaur oil, I mean, I'm changing that shit like every race. Really? Every race? Oh, yeah, I would. Oh, wow. I'm an engine builder. Well, that's true. <laughs> so oil's cheap. Engines are not. Yeah. So, yeah, probably six races. Easy. Nice. All right, Ellen. And then if you go with that 540, probably eight. Cool. Next up, Alan says, Alan from upstate New York. Glad you're back. Thank yep. you. Thank you so much. Gary says, glad I rebuilt mine back in October. That's going to mm -hmm. be back oh, yeah, talking about this. Yeah, yeah. um, David asks, what about Mobile One? Um, I used to be a big fan of Mobile One. I mean, I'm just not that I'm not a big fan of Mobile One. Level one makes great oils. I mean, they're international, um, but there's better stuff out there if you're looking at like a specific application. So if we're looking at crate racing, 
is mobile one the best oil out there? No, it's not. Um, you know, the Daytona ones and the Klotzes and the, and the, and the Schaefer's and stuff like that. That's going to be great oil for that application. Mobile one, not necessarily. GM recommends mobile one because of the relationship that relationship they have with mobile one, um, internationally. So that's why you see that recommendation. Um, you know, mobile ones involved in formula one, stuff like that. So, but we're talking about oils that you can't buy. So, well, you know, just to, to talk about mobile one, you also use that as your baseline. So anytime you're testing and for your baseline oil, you're always comparing it to how much more horsepower and torque you've gained or lost using mobile one as a baseline. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, back in about 2008 or nine, I was actually sponsored by mobile one. And they're like, back then we were like running zero twenty zero thirties. And at the time we were making the most power with that oil, um, on the 604 stuff. And that changed as the technology advanced and more people got involved in making oil specifically for crane engines. Right. And to this day, the only two companies I know that make oil like specific for crane engines is going to be Klotz and Daytona one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Alan says, Steve, not asking you to reveal your secrets, mm-hmm. but what is your method of preparing and cleaning your tires, pressure washing, or maybe hot water if you want to share? Uh, so like Alex's stuff, um, basically uh, simple green, uh, obviously. I mean, that's what most people use, uh, simple green. And then, uh, you know, pressure wash your shit out of it. Um, take them, grind them, wrap them in, uh, uh, what is that? Plastic. Tire wrap? Tire, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. That stuff, I mean, shrink wrap. And uh, wrapping that, and that's about what you do. Honestly, nowadays, I mean, back in the day, I would have said, oh, after you're done doing that, put it back on the rotisserie. <laughs> put some more good shit in it, and there we go. Well, back when, you know, it depends where you're at. Yeah. If, you're, if that's the direction you're like, you're wanting to go, or you can go, yeah. then, you know, I've, I've, I do have some products for that. I am. I'm a big fan of tire prep. Well, I, we know, don't use it because no. it's too costly if you're caught with it. But back in the day, yeah, my brother built tire rotisseries. And back then, like when the shit wasn't going to the lab, I mean, we were running the crap out of a bunch of different men. Well, I mean, I think that's another disconnect when we talk about making decisions today based on information that was 10 year old information right. is, a, is a big deal. I mean, when we, when we got through, I mean, 2020 was 2020, but 2021 is when we really experienced the straight up shortages and especially when it came to tires and not all, yeah, I'll, I'll get to that, but not all, not all tire prep is the same. I mean, some of it is meant to like soften, like break down the compounds of the tire. So it really kind of turns into like gum that'll touch, you know, and yeah, it probably is dangerous. It's, it's, there's some nasty toxic chemicals, you know, you can break down the integrity of the tire and and blowouts and that that's, you know, that's what you hear. Right. Right. That kind of (laughs) stuff that actually breaks it down and be dangerous on the racetrack. Uh, but like when you look at the grip bite products from Daytona one, the whole point is to put life back into the tire and, and, and really, you know, make it so that it's not just a junk tire. And those, so speaking of the Midwest, there's a series that Buck from Daytona uh-huh. one worked directly with. So their upper level series, when they're done with their tires, they put them into a pile and that next level down of, I hate to say, I hate to talk about hierarchy, no, that's but that's just the way it is. is. But, but the, that next division down gets to use those takeoffs and they can use the prepare the, yeah, um, to put, put a back life in it. I mean, otherwise it just the it saves guys money. Yeah. It saves them money. It saves, you know, all of this, like what, what do you do when there are no tires? There were right. races in 2021 that had to be canceled because we didn't have tires. Correct. And, you know, do we really want to turn this into the guy with the most money that can spend $500 a tire or something crazy, you know, that, that now they get to win all the races because you've got to 
run on your old stuff because you have no other choice because you can't even get it. I'm, I'm going to tell you in 2009. Uh, so I was like racing weekly at a, at a track here. It was like a four tenths mile track. It was not the easiest place on tires. I mean, it was somewhat easy on them, but not, you know, super easy. Mm-hmm. Um, plus I was running a touring series here, the NDRA thing. And with the crate car and I ran nine races in a row on one set of tires. Can't do that. Today. And out of the nine races in a row, I won five. Can't do that today. No, that's on one set of tires. So that's what tire conditioner yes. can do for you. If you're allowed to actually run it. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it's not conducive to is a series making money off tire sales or Hoosier. <laughs> well, no. apparently sales. Hoosier has no problem with it. I mean, like it, that's what I've been told. I haven't heard it from, right. you know, straight from, from Hoosier, but I know uh, Ben Baker from AFCO is real tight with, with uh, well, the guys from Hoosier. I mean, yeah. And they don't really have a problem yeah, with it. And the other thing that's like scares the shit out of me. Not like there's like, a warranty. Like, oh my gosh, you took the sticker off the bed mattress. Now it's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that scares the shit out of me is like the labs that are testing this shit. Oh my God. I know so you can go on and on. There's... I can go on and on about this shit old lab up the road that we've got here. But oh my goodness. I've got customers of mine who have been quote unquote busted for illegal tires when I know for a fact it's brand new tire out of the box. I've also had customers be busted for fuel that wasn't legal. Oh yeah. Out of one series. Oh, that's why you have such negative and, problems. With oh, them. that's yeah. fucking bullshit too. But anyways. Yeah. I say test it at the track. I mean, if you, if we can't come up with a test, there's enough tests out. There's got to well, there, be a way. There's a test you can do at the track on fuel. Well, I know that. Yeah. The Germain but, test. Yeah. But, yeah. Know, well, nobody's I, smart enough to fucking do it. Well, I'd like to see. I mean, it, you know, test it, test it at the track. I don't like to find out, you know, three days later that somebody didn't win the race. Right. I don't like that anyway. I mean, it's got to be very challenging to be a series director these days. And yeah, there's yeah, anyway. All right. Gary says, I am pulling my hair out trying to get our bump correct on our car. We went for the metric spindle to the Camaro spindles. I have to cut up a center link. Made uh, made our own tie rods. I am trying not heat to, to not heat and bend the spindle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I would recommend, Gary, uh, sounds like with these type of spindles, it sounds like you've got a street stock, if I'm not mistaken. And North stock front clip. Oh, okay. Stock yeah. front clip. I wonder if this street stock chassis, right. the race logic. Well, no, what I would, stock. what I would uh, recommend is contacting David Hammond. Oh yeah. At Hammond motorsports. I, yeah. I honestly don't know much about that because right. I've just literally like late models is like what I've dealt with, but mm-hmm. I would contact Dave Hammond actually. And, uh, I mean, call it. Yeah, call Dave. And just say, hey, here's what I got going on. And and Dave's good dude, man. He'll he'll answer mm-hmm. your questions. Now, you might, like, cuss China or something like that while he's on the phone with you. But other than that, he's, he's a good dude. Dave will tell you like this. <laughs> Dave is like another like version me. of Steve, yes. <laughs> he's like me, but more rude. <laughs> really? He's more rude than I am, damn it. I wouldn't say rude. I would, I would say blunt. Blunt. Yes. Blunt. Yes, his delivery is just different, but it's exactly yeah, the same as you. All right. Scott says, well, we used the torque booster mufflers this weekend and definitely saw a big difference on corner speed. Very glad to hear it. Excellent. Great. That's why we designed them. Oh, and I think <laughs> uh, this is probably before we or after we were talking about it. What's your oh, opinion yeah. on the Crate Racing USA versus ACAS seal deal? Oh, yeah. I mean, back to that, I think it's a fucking joke. Yeah. So I think, hey. You know, Cameron you, says, "Spill your guts." Want to shoot? I mean, I'm just. I, I like to show everybody's comments, even no, if they're we've already covered it. Yeah, you so. want to shoot yourself in the foot? Ban, ban the seal that is 90 percent of the East Coast. Yeah. Yeah, great idea. Mm-hmm. Over like one engine builder. Ah, how about it? All right, and Justin, what? Where is the best spot to put my reversion mufflers? How close to the collector? It's a 604. Um, it's going to depend on your primary tube length, uh, honestly. Um, so. Generally, anything with a 28 to 30 inch primary tube, you're going to be about mm, six to 12 inches away from the collector. Is where you want to mount them. Um, if you got like like headers with like long tubes being in 33, 34, 35 inch primaries, then you're going to be like you're going to want to be like right on the collector. And Pippi has come to join us. And there's Kitty. 
All right. David asks, on a CT525, where should the anti-reversion muffler be placed behind the collector? Uh, which headers? That That's the question. Well, just answer uh, for all of them. Yeah. So if it's ProFab headers, where would you put the... Well, the ProFab headers are going to come with the torque boosters. Yeah, they come with the whole setup. Um, if you've got BAs or Schoenfelds. Uh, the, the Schoenfelds right on the end... And the because uh, they're tri-wise, and then the B BAs, uh, they're right on the end too as well. Okay, great. And you'll see, depending on the header, you're going to see probably on a five twenty-five, you're going to see about thirty foot-pounds difference. Good deal. And Sean's here. Hey, y'all from Team Twelve in uh, Lawrence, South Carolina. Yay, great, Lawrence. nice to see you. It was nice to meet you in person. Uh, Gary says seals are a joke. You can get them made up to match yours. I mean, it's like a yes and a no. Yeah, it can be. I mean, no, it just depends on the a... series. I mean, the, the, the stuff that Crate USA and Rush does, no, you're not going to get them duplicated. Yeah. Um, there's no way to, like, even remotely do that. Well, and here's the challenge. So Ryan's here, and he says this is why crate racing has become a joke. I mean, uh, and that's – I mean, that's what, No, but, you know, you get all this political drama. Right. This is an example of taking down the whole – the whole tent here. Well, what you've got <clears throat> is you've got two series that are not causing political drama. So you don't see comments from Rush on this political drama. You don't see comments from Crate USA on this political drama. Who do you see? You see Dirt Car. You see whatever this thing is here and whatever the hell Mideast is trying to do now. So that's where you see the comments from. So what it is, is you got Three different groups, whatever their fucking reasons are, trying to take down either one or two of the biggest fucking crate things in the entire goddamn nation. So that's what you see. So the drama's not caused by the two biggest things in the country, which is Crate USA, which is the entire Southeast, and you've got Rush, which is the entire Northeast. That's not where the drama's coming from. The drama's coming from the freaking middle. So what you got is like little dudes punching up. Yeah. Okay. Um, Steve's comments are not indicative of any of the uh, relationships that I have with the series and their directors. I'm just saying. That's I have fine. to say that. So anyway. Mine I, is, I get along with everybody. Mine is, and I don't give a shit. If they want to call me and talk to me, I'll tell them the same goddamn thing. Well, but this th is what me, the challenge is. Me, is, much is then this is why credit racing has become a joke. Oh. And that's that's a challenge. Well, it's become a joke in this area. Trust me. In this area right here, yeah. Nobody wants to go crate, crate racing. Because you know why? You get like one or two tracks. Yeah. You know? You go up north, they got an ass load of tracks. You go up to Rush Country, a ton of tracks. Fucking great races. Great payoffs. Great freaking incentives to go race that series. Great, awesome stuff. You go down south, go to Crate USA, awesome stuff. Everywhere in the middle? Yeah, it's become a joke. I don't disagree with you on that. All right. Uh, Alan says you nailed it. And okay. Thomas says, what are your thoughts on running an HEI street fire on a 602? I am not a fan of an HEI by any means. Um, if you have an alternative, I mean, if you have to run one, then that's fine. But I would not run one if you got the choice. I would certainly be running like an MSD, you know, billet type shooter. Yeah. All right. Oh, hot with Hendren. That's our that's his segment there. Hot with Hendren. Yeah. <laughs> Cameron loves it. And Trent says, Congratulations on nine years in business, Kate. I've got invoices from you back in 2015. I have nice. the shop. That's awesome. fantastic. All right, Al, uh, Jason, what's the best oil to run in a 602? Just getting back on here. Um, yeah, I mean, so I mean I think day 10 and 11540 is probably what you go with the 602. Yeah, I would. Yeah. More that more so than the 540. Right. Or yeah, I mean 602, yeah, probably. Um that or the clots 1040. Either either one of those would be my first choice. Um if you're on a little bit more of a budget, then I'd run the uh uh Schaefer's 1030. Yeah. Gary says, congratulations. Cameron's here. Hello to my favorite racing people. My ears were ringing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And he says, now I know why, because we're talking about tires. <laughs> oh, um, Alan says, explain the germane test. All right. So I can't explain it hundred percent, but uh, back in the day, I'm talking, this was gosh, back 2009 or so. Uh, I was friends with the head chemist at Renegade. And he explained to me this, 
Germain test. So essentially, it's a litmus test that uh, he was involved with in motocross racing and go-kart stuff with Renegade. And this Germain system or Germain test is a litmus test that you can actually do at the track that will detect any of the banned substances that you're trying to ban. Okay. I don't know how it works. I never got into it with him because back then we could pretty much do anything in the hell we wanted to do with fuel. Well, and we were doing some wacky ass shit. But, uh, well, something that I have seen you do would be you've got all the equipment to do specific gravity testing. Well, yeah, most series do. Well, but I don't know that I've seen anybody else do specific gravity uh, testing at the track. They, 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 do, they do from time and time again, or time and, you know, every now and again. But uh, yeah, specific gravity is beatable. I mean, I can have I can have hot fuel and meet specific gravity. Okay. Of course, I'm not going to like tell everybody how to do that on here. But. Oh, and Gary said it, it confirms street stock front. Yeah, I would, I would definitely talk to him. Yeah, he says thank you. And radar 101 full says, how long can a new engine sit before you need to pre lube it again before starting it? I mean, once it's actually primed, uh, you can sit quite a while i mean it, it, it would take a lot i, I don't know two years wow <laughs> maybe yeah brian says there's dirt car by him yeah yeah now we've yeah, got some questions that were submitted over the course of the week so let me jump to some of those so uh we'll kind of do some rapid fire how's that, uh, that if it's rapid fireable all right if it's rapid fireable yeah it's hard to say so <laughs> asked on your facebook page mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on plug indexing a 602 crate this is from mike uh it has no benefit that I've seen. So I would not worry about it. Um, indexing primarily is going to be to like actually clear a piston. Um, so it's nothing that I'd be worried about on a 602. I've seen no performance advantage whatsoever. Great. And what is your opinion on using 87 octane non-ethanol fuel in a 602 crate motor? And also what octane booster I could use it up to 91 or 93. My recommendation is do not buy it. So if you want to blow up 602, that'd be a great way to do it. So at the very least, I would definitely be running 93. Great. Okay. Oh, I guess that was it. It just looked like a lot more because we've got to run three channels. Gotcha. So that was pretty <laughs> rapid fire. All right. And let's see. Um, Treffenbach, how much preload do you put in 602 valve springs? I've heard three quarter turn, one turn, one and a half turn. Uh, three quarters. Yes, 100%. Three quarters. Um, so, yeah, three quarters. We that's, have a video on that on Crate Insider. Yeah, I mean, and that's, you know, the reason GM now recommends half to three quarters is because of us, because of the work I did with those guys up there. But, yeah, three, three quarters of a turn. Rick says, not sending orders to Canada anymore. No, we haven't sent orders to Canada for, gosh, over over a year, year and a half. We got, like, burned by some asshole. I got burned Canada. a couple of hardcore yeah. times, yeah. and there's nothing I can do about you can't it. You shit up in Canada. Um, no, no control over that. Um, no support from the no. Canadian authorities. So, it, you know, it, and then dealing with shipping companies and than the customs and the yeah, just it's a whole thing it you know we're just not set up for it and it, it's a whole thing and um no you get like and, chargebacks going up there and then, yes you know you're screwed thousands there's, and thousands there's no, of dollars yeah, there's no way because to of shipping yeah. stuff to canada and and so now i i really i won't ship to canada either no i will ship to australia sorry i yeah. mean you know well, the Aussies are like order. straight up so <laughs> I mean. yeah um i've definitely had some canadian problems yep. so it's you know, the best suggestion I have is finding a place that's just right over the border. You know, yep. we, we ship some stuff that's that's like that. But well, like there's shipping. there's a lot of scammers that are working out of Canada, and and we've been burned bad yeah. by it. That's the problem. Yeah, I ship a lot of stuff to uh, Chuck Franks up in Pennsylvania. Okay. And then, like, his guys just come across the border and pick it up. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that, that works. And Gary says, later. Thank you. And Jason says, hopefully I'll see you guys this week. What kind of moonshine do you want? Just say that aloud on the show. This is a, yeah. Good, good time. Yeah. I don't know. I don't drink the stuff anymore. I, 
Not oh. the stuff that'll make you go blind? No. That's no. Was... No, especially not since I got my robot eyes. Now there's that. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want to go blind. All right. And uh, Thomas says, uh, huh? opinion on pump 80 E85 for uh, 602. I mean, if it's, if it's your only option, that's your only option. Um, if you have the option to buy E85 and a drum from a reputable fuel company, that's what I would, that would be my first option. Um, if you're buying it out of the pump, I would buy a tester to make sure you're actually getting E85 and not like E73 or E98. Because we're talking like that could like burn a motor down or have all sorts of damn different issues. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's great. So, uh, any big plans for the week, Steve? Usually, you ask how your week's going, but you're then no, you're not like really. I mean, uh, so Saturday was my brother's birthday, uh -huh. Mike Hendren. Uh, so he turned the big four nine. Mm. He's got one more year of being in his forties. And then uh, Sunday, yesterday was my son Stephen's birthday, my youngest son, and he turned 14, Ooh. which is just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, it is. So. Yeah. Yeah. Won't be long. He'll, he'll be driving. Yeah. This week, uh, I think we're going to like go test with Alex on Wednesday night at Harris Speedway here in North Carolina and a uh, little bit of testing there, and then hopefully that leads into him going to run that Blue Ridge Outlaw race in, uh, excuse me, in uh, at Carolina Speedway in Gastonia okay. this weekend. So, Oh, he's racing this weekend yeah. coming up? Okay. I mean, weather permitting. Oh, yeah. So I hear, now, now I heard today. So today, here we are in North Carolina, in Western North Carolina. And when I asked Alexa for the weather this morning, it was 57 degrees with a high of 71. Very, very pleasant. Like perfect yeah perfect spot on like we've got all the garage doors open in the shop and you know it's, it's it's clear skies and it's great and tori tells me today that or, or or danielle one or the other that apparently there's potential snow later on in the week oh yeah like 30 degrees in snow yeah yeah, yeah. i got nothing i mean i grew up in minnesota and iowa and the weather could be pretty sketch but we know we didn't have full on spring like we do. At here. least it's not like California right now. <laughs> That's true. That is that is very true. Well, you know, um, I I'd seen this thing from Tori before. It was there, there's the all the stages of fall, and apparently there's there's you know false fall like coming out of summer. Like there's false fall followed by like hell's front doorstep. <laughs> just, you know all the different like where it's. You think it's fall, you're ready for your sweaters, but then, you know, you're going straight well, to hell. I'm from Santa Cruz, California, originally, and uh, which is about an hour south of San Francisco. And my best friend messaged me today, Bobby, and he goes, he goes, he says, apparently we're the new fucking Seattle. <laughs> he's like, you know, the damn weather is like 33 degrees, wow. you know, and like. High of like forty five or some shit. Man, it's like no, no, that doesn't happen. How crazy! <laughs> All right, one more question here. So, Truthenbach Racing, how much fuel pressure do you suggest for a six hundred two on E eighty five? We run a minimum of nine pounds on our stuff. Mm -hmm. Now, that's going to be carburetor sensitive, depending on what your carburetor builder suggests. But on our stuff, we run nine pounds. Gotcha. Cool. Oh, we made some new uh, some bypass regulator fuel line kits today. So oh, if anybody nice. needs some of those, yeah. get those in the store. Got lots of new stuff in the store. Well, it's not new. It's just like refreshing the inventory because it kind of got wiped. We got our really? Oh yeah. Um, oh, I'll have to show you the video of when I left the shop shop on Friday. It looked like the human version of Tetris <laughs> because there was no getting anything else in the shop. I will show you the video. Oh, I, I did between the wheels and a. And a giant motor state order. You know, you know what's funny? Me, me and me and my roommate Nate, and uh, my friend Eric Darling. He's been on the show before. Yes, mm -hmm. uh, he's a former Marine Scout sniper. Yeah, uh, you know, wounded all in action, all that stuff. Badass motherfucker. But <laughs> we're going to try on on Saturday, uh -huh. and we we drive by the shop. Darling's sitting in the back seat. Of my car. I'm driving. Nick's in the front seat. Darling's in the back seat on the passenger side. We go driving by Crate Insider. 
And Jordan goes, what the fuck? He saw Chad. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're dummy. Oh, I have a mannequin that is standing on a platform because um, he's demonstrated our car- Carbon X underwear. I, I really, truly felt like we needed a mannequin for that. Yeah. And so, yeah, Chad has freaked us all out a little bit here. Yeah. Because he has a name. So yeah. then we started talking and it was like, he's like, Steve, you got the keys for that place? I'm like, ironically, I don't have a key for my own fucking, or for your place. And I'm like, no, I don't have a key. Yeah, but you got a key to the key wall. But he's like, we need to like break in there one night and like change the mannequin to oh. freak the girls out when they come in in the morning. Because <laughs> Chad's now, I don't know. Pumping a wheel or some shit. Yeah, we we start. We got all sorts of ideas on how to mess with y'all now. I mean, I I hate to burst your bubble here, but when if my phone starts going off and alerting me that my my cameras have been my cameras have been uh, triggered, yeah, it's not really going to be as big of a surprise as you think it's going to be. So if you see Fuzzy Beard Darling on your camera, you know what's going on. (laughs) Chad's going to be changed in the morning. Oh man! All right, we got a couple more, and we'll we'll wrap things up. Right and uh, so back to the the preload, uh, three quarter preload yes. with engine hot or cold. Uh, either or. I mean, honestly, because it really isn't going to make a difference. Um, so long as you can feel where zero is and go that three quarters, you're fine. Cool. Um, generally, I mean, you got you you got to feel the lifter, like when you're like. I, I turn it by finger, like when you're at zero. And then if lifters bled down, I mean, you can, you'll feel when the button starts to move. So if you can like feel zero, then three quarters of turn. That being said, to pump the lifters up, start the motor up, shut it off, and then you should be able to do it. Okay. Cameron says, had the opportunity to work with Dallin and Damon Murdy the last seven days at two tracks. Dallin finished third in the IMCA modified points in the clash on the coast series. Pretty cool and great people really wanted to give a big thank you. Awesome. Uh, Of course I worked with uh, or or met Dallin and Damon Murdy at the race logic chassis school for the IMCA Mm -hmm. stock cars uh, championship racers. Uh, Fantastic class. I I think we will probably have to ask some people for some reviews because it, yeah, it, it's unless I think people are probably just trying to keep it a secret to themselves. Well, it's, be. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that, incredible information. To be fair, to be fair, <laughs> that is the one thing that like after the class, everybody's like, hey, keep this shit a secret. Right? No, keep your password a secret. Don't share your password. But also don't share what you learned at the class because there's your advantage. Well, but we want to we want to continue to be able to have more classes in the future, and that only happens when there's a, a financial gain. You totally missed what I was saying. I did. I I did. Okay. Uh, Patrick says, "Hi, I'm new here. Your channel mm-hmm. is good and subscribed. I'm looking into getting into racing in the next year or two. Mm-hmm. I live in St. Louis and wouldn't travel too far, so it's I-55 and Tri City that yep. I'd race. I just heard you say." The Midwest had some cheaters, but I'd still like to race. Would you recommend going UMP mod or UMP pro or do crate late models? Again, thank you for doing these lives. Um, it really depends on what you're going to, what you want. Ultimately, um, my opinion, I mean, the crate late model thing is like, great. I know both tracks you're talking about actually very well. Uh, one of my best friends, uh, used Bert Cheatham actually he's from St. Louis um, he used to race at both tracks and, uh, I would probably run the crate label. Yeah. Um, cause it's going to get your feet wet into something that is, that is like pretty damn cool. Depending on what your budget is. I mean, um, I think the, I, I think the, I think the mods that's like the open UMP mods, like the engine rules and that is like, pretty freaking sporty as far as like what you're going to spend to go race that. So yeah, the late models would be the thing I'd probably look at. I've heard good things about the late models in the Midwest. Well, no, I mean, again, they accept crate racing USA seals. So mm-hmm. it's all good. Yeah. 
Yeah, great. And welcome, you know, welcome yeah. to the racing community. And thank yeah, you so much awesome. for subscribing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, really appreciate that, you know, for every one of our subscribers yeah. helps us get, you know, more words out there, yeah. I guess. Good deal. And, oh, and Chris actually says they don't run crate lates at either one of those tracks. Oh, so, okay. okay. Yeah. Well, shit. Yeah. I mean, that's sometimes you, you need to go into the direction of what's available to you. Yeah. Exactly. You know, but yeah, but there's a so, lot of competition there in the Midwest. Mo mods at that point are probably my yeah. next thing. I mean, I well, mean, a lot of the technology nowadays is has crossed over from late models and mods. And... Yeah. Well, one thing that's nice about like whether they're called B mods or the, like the six hundred two mods, there's I can't, yeah, I can't keep up with them. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it's such like you've got super late models and you got crate late models, right? right? I mean, you got the A mods that have like the six hundred fours, and then the B mods would be the okay be the uh, 602 version of that uh, you know i think we're going to find it's much like the 602 racing that we see with quite late models that some of the cost containment actually makes sense mm -hmm. so you're not going to have uh, what we find with the 604 late models is you can have shock packages that are you know eight thousand dollars more or oh, whatever it's it's, it's, it's as much as you want to spend but with the 602 crate late models depending on the actual series or rules there, there's just it seems like there's a lot more containment there maybe it's i mean i haven't really looked at all the rules right. for this year but you you've got some stuff that kind of keeps the guardrails on so that you're not as racing is always going to be expensive yeah it, it really always is and racers and we we all do it to ourselves well it's not a but, poor man it's not a poor man sport i mean let's just be honest it's it's um, not it's not <laughs> i mean but but sometimes i mean when when the cost benefit analysis. I mean, you're not going to spend, it's crazy. What It's just crazy to, to look at all of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I remember back, gosh, years and years and years ago. I mean, I remember having customers who would come in and, you know, buy engines or I do machine work for them or whatever. And like this prior pre crate racing days. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've had people like, have send their wives in over and like send their wives in on Friday and send sign her paycheck over to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. that, that's obsession. That's obsession to the point of where I would never go. Right. Yeah. But you know, Hey, it's, I mean, you got it. You got it. So yeah, spend it however you want. It's racing. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, however you want to spend it, spend it. Yeah. I mean, but those are just the things to look at and evaluate, but especially if you're just getting started in racing, I don't know if jumping off the deep end of the pool is really where you want to go. And that's a frustrating journey. No, no. I, um, you know, I mean, yeah, you got to like see whether you're going to like it or not. So right. like, for, like for me personally, like when, when my son started, mm -hmm. you know, I took my old car, my old late model. And of course, you know, he was, fortunate enough to be able to start in late model, but I took my old car that I didn't give a shit about, took an old engine I didn't give a shit about, put it in the car, made him take the whole car apart, put it back together. I mean, this was not given to him by any means. And then took him to go race. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't going to invest a dollar until I knew whether he liked it or not. Yeah. So. I, and, and once he loved it, then it was on. Well, once that. he loved it, then it's like, yeah, it's fucking balls deep, man. Yeah. Like, you're, yeah. you're good to go at that point. But. All right. Oh, one last comment here. Tommy mm -hmm. says, hearing the mod thing is always funny to me since we have the Northeast mods. Mm -hmm. Oh, and it, yeah. yeah, interesting. The Northeast mods, they sit in the middle of the car. Yeah. It's so different. I like the Northeast mods, actually. Yep. Oh, and then let's see. Shane's got a question. What's the difference in the Quicksilver 602 versus a regular 602? I seen the rules at the big North Georgia race are allowing the Quicksilver. Okay. So um, that Quicksilver motor, the only one I've had experience with was a customer of mine up here in North Carolina and he ran it in a mod and it produces more torque than 602, uh, about the same horsepower. Um, so is it just a spec engine? And they just call oh, it. It's still, yeah, it's still like a, it's like a fucking boat motor, basically, is what it is. Oh. Um, but I haven't had one apart yet, so he's actually going to be. Uh, it's a good friend of mine. He's actually going to be bringing it in, and we're like taking it apart because he could never get the thing to not run hot. 
Okay. So we're going to like figure out what's going on there. I got a feeling that there's going to be, because it's a boat motor. <laughs> oh, is it? That there's going to be, <laughs> yeah. that there's going to be, that there's going to be restrictions somewhere in some water jackets or something because, you know, you're intaking yeah. fresh water right. to cool it, you know, that kind of thing. So he could never get that thing to not run hot. So I don't, I, I'll let you know when I get one apart. Yeah. Yeah. Report back to us. Let us know. Well, cool deal. Well, let's wrap things up. We're, but it, we're pretty much at time. It does make more, it makes more to work. I'll put it that way. Okay, cool. All right. Any last thoughts, Steve? Nope. Well, that was, that was simple until I start doing the outro. Then he'll think of something and interrupt me. Watch. <laughs> He's just waiting for it. All right. Well, I want to thank you all for being here. Thank you so much for being part of the show. You know, Hey, tell a friend, like subscribe, um, all of those things, all of that helps our channel. We appreciate it. Support the Rush Racing Series. Support Crate, Crate Racing USA. All the haters. Yeah. Okay. You know. All right. See you guys next week. <laughs>